0: <laughs> Welcome in to the PHNX Suns Podcast, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook App, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith, here with Saul Bookman, Espo, and Gerald Borgay. Guys, throughout the offseason, I think I'm going to come in with a question of the day just to <coughs> kind of get things started. Okay. Typically, it'll be something random and fun, um, and sometimes it'll be really lame, like today. What's your favorite color?
1: Individually, it's blue, but as a color
2: combo, black and yellow. Okay. Mm, he's a Steelers fan. What do you want? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry to <laughs> out Expectations there. were I low. <laughs> uh, purple.
0: Purple. I feel like I need
2: I am one. shocked by oh, that I answer.
0: Really
2: <laughs> I, I
3: know. It's tough My, to believe. Mine's always been navy blue. Okay. Navy blue's always it's the goat.
0: Alright, mine's green like this kind of a, like a darker like a shade of green.
2: Forest green?
0: Yeah, all the different darker greens. Okay. Highlighter Definitely. green? No, no, okay. not particularly. Can and I? then black is a close second.
2: Yeah, yeah obviously. <laughs> I'm right. surprised black wasn't first on the list because this is the first time I've seen you wear a non-black shirt on the program, <laughs> I believe.
0: Well, there's a first for everything. There what is. can I say? <laughs> Alright, gentlemen. Uh, well,
2: before we
3: get into that, can I, can I say something real quick? Yes. Because I, I, I actually it said like, well, usually Lindsay opens up the show by saying, how are you guys feeling today? Mm -hmm. And then today was the first day you didn't do that. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're not going to do that. So (laughs) I just wanted to address something real quick off the top, just because of what happened yesterday. Obviously, there's a lot of things going on in the world that are not great. Um, And, you know, a tragedy happened yesterday and something that could have absolutely been avoided. And we're not going to get into a, a discourse about you know this side or that side or what the the moving moving forward should be but we just wanted to let you guys know that we decided not to go live yesterday because we were very empathetic to what was going on and, and and it hits all of us in in different ways um and I think it's 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 not a great place that we're all in right now as a country and um you know I have four kids and you know Three of them are in high school and I can't even imagine thinking, especially at a younger age, you know, in elementary school, dropping them off and, um, never seeing them again. Um, you know, and Espo's got a five-year-old and, uh, it's, it's, it's a sensitive topic when you're talking about, um, just where do we go from here? And everybody will say the right things and everybody will say we need action right now. Um, and, and I hope it's true. I hope people actually take action. But honestly, like it's a little deflating where we're all at right now in terms of what is going to happen. Is anything going to actually happen? Is any measure going to be taken outside of just absolutely putting up gates and fences and walls around these schools to keep our, our kids safe? Um, and it's just I'm just really sad about the country right now.
0: I think the biggest thing to remember in all of this is that it's okay to take some time. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to have the emotions, all the things. Um, Just make sure that you're also taking care of yourself throughout all of this as well. Sometimes I feel like we get too much too often and it's too heavy for most people to be able to actually shoulder.
2: Yeah. I mean, I have a a wife who was a second grade teacher. I have a five-year-old daughter who's in elementary school, so... uh, yeah it it hit me hard yesterday and uh look for me it's as simple as this if if we never change anything nothing ever changes and that's that's where i'll leave it so
1: yeah i think we all know what needs to be done and there's no point banging my head against a wall saying the same thing we've been saying for months years now Uh, it's just sad that it keeps happening and hopefully this is the start of some change, but it does feel deflating, and I think that's why it was better that we took some time yesterday to properly process all of that before going live or anything like that.
3: And I, just, the only thing I would ask everybody out there, um, to the people I talk to every day, is please, please, please do not get numb to this. This should not be something that just, okay, well, this is the next thing that happened that's bad. Like. If you have an opportunity to make a change, if you have an opportunity to do your part into trying to enforce that change, please, please remember an instance like this and do so.
0: We just want to make sure that you guys know that we all care about each and every one of you and that we understand if there's any sort of feelings going on that same like we can relate. Um, But we won't spend too much time on that because I know. Um, as important as it is, I know that this is also a space where we can, can find some yeah. mm-hmm. happiness Absolutely. and joy in life as wow. well. So let's
2: back on the bench. Let's, let's talk about some <laughs> basketball. Oh, I never mind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, we're going to start off with some flowers. We'll keep things a little light off the top. we got some flowers to give out Uh-oh. to Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Okay. D-Book was named to the All-NBA First Team. Chris Paul was named to the All-NBA Third Team. So... Round of applause, gentlemen! Congratulations.
3: I think we have a an applause thing, don't we? Manually.
0: Oh, well, we're sorry. not breaking just, it out. I yeah, just yeah. did it manually.
3: Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's
1: it's cool because we talked about book being a top five MVP candidate. He was that meant that logically he would probably be a first team All NBA guy, but uh, you need to see it to actually believe it's happening and it was cool to see him on that list now he's eligible for that supermax that we talked about four years and i think 211 million and then chris paul i know a lot of people are down on him right now but he really did have a tremendous season third team all nba at the age of 36 is not something to just turn your nose up at Mm -hmm. Um, and it was his 11th uh, all nba selection which i think puts him on a list of like 15 other guys that have ever gotten that many in nba history um, so pretty cool for him as well. But,
3: uh, if you, did you see Nikias' uh, thread today? Which one? Uh, it, well, talking about CP3 getting an All-NBA mention, mm-hmm. uh, third team. Uh, there were some that even had him as first team, some votes that had him as first team and second team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tend to agree with him. Uh, I don't think I think third team's not 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 outlandish. I think that's that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but first or second team, I thought that was like whoa, what? Nah. I think I, he. I think you could have
1: made a case for maybe second team before he got hurt, but missing that time, I think yeah. was probably. I, I had him
2: third team on my list, and I think that was appropriate. Yeah. Look, uh, let me take your flowers. And walk them over to the closest dumpster. Oh, oh my
0: God. God. Oh. I don't oh. What they're winning right now. Oh and
2: Espo's still.
0: Jeez, Espo's still I'm, so angry. I'm
2: in the, <laughs> I'm in the anger phase. again. Stage again. All these flavors and spices
1: and you choose salt. <laughs> What's that? What did you say? All these flavors and spices and he chooses salt. Yeah, he does.
0: <laughs> That's clever. I like that. I'm going to steal that.
2: <laughs> yes, I am. Today. Sorry. <laughs> Look, I'm happy for Devin. It means he's going to get his money and it's well deserved. And right. Great. Chris got recognized for his work, you know, but there's a lot of work left to do. I'll say I'll say that for it, but I'm glad that they got got recognized for a great regular season, but I really wish they were getting recognized for a great postseason regularly. Right hey,
3: everybody now. gets a ribbon. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Icon with a $5 super chat. Thank you says Paying five dollars for you to Google handsome Squidward and tell me it isn't Ish Wainwright uh, here. Yeah, I was like, I just googled this. Oh, <laughs>
3: oh <my God. laughs> what do you guys think? This is true. Yes. It does look like uh, Ish Wainwright. <laughs> it does. Wow. Oh my That's god! How version. did you even like? It looks like as if uh, Ish Wainwright went on the movie Mars Attacks. <laughs> oh,
0: like, <laughs> yeah. I need to know how, uh, where the connection with your brain was. Like, did, was that a meme Watch. on social? Are you still watching SpongeBob? Like, where did that connect? Like, how? What was <laughs> The i love people for that you, can Icon. can have yeah, that i love right. that i love that kind of It's brain. so funny. josh is
2: another one of those guys that has that brain yeah we say one thing and we're a meme on on twitter and in, in five minutes hey so. dot
3: zero we will not have any kd slander on this show Katie is coming to Phoenix. You're right, but we'll talk about (laughs) that. Uh, Yeah,
0: well, let's get into it, because Matt Toolman in the chat said, why are there rumors floating around about Katie coming here, I assume, with a sign and trade with Aiton? Well, there's drama happening in Brooklyn right now. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. We have reports from multiple different people that uh, Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets front office are having a struggle, kind of reaching an agreement, and that if they don't, things could get really ugly. Um, and as Anthony Puccio tweeted, it appears Brooklyn is reluctant on giving Kyrie a long-term deal, which, if that does happen, could open the door for Kevin Durant to be like, I'm out. Yes. I don't want to be here anymore. Yes. And maybe he really likes Scott's deal, you guys. Well, the <laughs> other
2: part of that tweet says you know, that they haven't spoken to Kevin Durant since the season ended. That's mm-hmm.
0: very true. Is it that weird? No. That's no, not I it, don't think it is. It doesn't strike me as
2: weird. Like, if I'm going if if I get a chance to go on vacation, the last thing I want to you guys. is a call from Saul he giving, hey. Espo. <laughs>
3: first of all,
0: first of all. Muting the group chat. <laughs>
2: first
3: of all, if, if for Espo to actually say that in my direction is so blasphemous.
0: Espo's the one texting <laughs> yes, us on vacation. I know. Well, I, I, I do you know how many times
3: I have to yell at Espo and say, hey, fucker, take that's, the day off. That's, Stop that's, texting everybody. And then and then he won't text me. He texts Jacob and he texts Shane and they come <laughs> and tell me, hey, Espo's texting me again. And I'm like,
2: <laughs> if that's different, though. If I choose to text you, that's on me. No. If you call me, like, Nick, well, I'm listen, answer. a vacation for you is a vacation for us. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I see it is. <laughs> oh, There's
3: some oh, words I want to call floor. you, but I'm afraid. Thank you very much. Oh, man.
0: Save us, Gerald.
1: So anyway, Kevin Durant. <laughs>
0: um, look, oh, I, I think the
1: Nets are at a really tough place because you look at what Kyrie was able to give them this season, less than half of a season. You look at, you know, him not wanting to get vaccinated. And I don't care where you stand on the issue. These are the facts. Him not wanting to get vaccinated, alienated James Harden. James Harden wanted out. Now they're down to two superstars with a bunch of role players. Joe Harris is hurt. Kyrie and Kevin Durant get swept in the first round. They're the only team in the playoffs that's gotten swept by the way and a lot of people thought they should be contending for a title this year and now they're out of the playoffs. Now Kyrie's long-term status there is in question and if he walks, they don't have the means to go out and get another superstar. So if they don't figure out what they're going to do with Kyrie Irving and if it's not a long-term extension, which they're uncomfortable with given his unreliability like Yes, Kevin Durant is not going to be happy about that. I'm not saying that he's going to certainly come to Phoenix, but like the Suns, as we talked about yesterday, they have a lot of flexibility with their contract structures, with owning all of their picks from 2023 and beyond. They could throw their hat in the ring. I'm not saying it's going to be a DA sign and trade and and straight up. That doesn't work anyway. There'd have to be a lot of other pieces involved, but it's something to keep on the radar moving forward because if he's unhappy, you have the means to go out and get a superstar.
2: Kevin Durant isn't going anywhere. This guy. They... At worst, they'll come to some one-year agreement with Kyrie.
0: He's not going to sign a one-year you, deal. You don't think so? No. Who, I don't think he's
2: going to get a whole I hell of a lot I of don't interest think, around I the don't league. Think because very, yeah,
3: I league. don't think there's many teams that would are willing to go into the Kyrie pot for multiple years. I really don't. He's going to no. take
2: a short term. He'll go back, approve himself, and get his long-term deal. He and KD will play a few more years together in Brooklyn. I mean, This is all posturing.
0: That would have to be it's, a last resort situation for Kyrie to accept a one-year
3: deal it's business decisions for the listen, listen, I, I understand the
0: brooklyn, why any team would not want the brooklyn to get nets, longer than that the brooklyn but, nets
3: have seen this 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 scenario play out in front of their eyes for now two years and it, it's it's always something and so i could completely see them saying nah we're good we'll just one year or nothing like that's just it i i think one thing that it covered in the article A possibility
1: is that if he were to sign with another team he could sign like a three or four year deal or whatever and then but the only teams that could afford him are like the Pistons and like teams like that that aren't gonna be contending with Kyrie so one possibility that they were describing was Kyrie signing with this team with both sides under the knowledge that we're gonna deal you as soon as we can deal you and at least we'll get like picks and players back in the equation so that's something to watch out for
3: but it could just be posturing it is smoke okay let's let's play this since we're here who would you give up for for well
1: i mean i'd have old
0: town old
3: town
1: uh i mean i really feel like you would have to i'd have to check the math to see what works but i mean i feel like cam johnson would have to be thrown in just So the Nets are getting something that they want. I think Mikhail Bridges would have to be. I think McHale could be on the line. DA would certainly be in the conversation. Pretty much anyone except for Book and CP3, I feel like would be fair game i think if you're the suns you try to hold on to mikhail if but if, you have to throw in a shit ton of picks to entice
2: them to do the that
3: brooklyn nets wanted cp3 <laughs> okay for kd yeah. oh yeah
2: it ain't
0: happen. Yeah, that's not
3: gonna well, happen Yeah, but, they're not gonna but, like want i think the only one that's technically off the books is probably devin booker mm-hmm. um but
0: i mean yeah. those are your most valuable assets mikhail cam guys like that that's what teams are going to want for yeah, a superstar. They want, they want you. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You have
2: to give up something to get something. You're not going to get Kevin Durant for a you know, campaign. Landry yeah, Shamit, yeah.
0: Ja- JaVale McGee. Yeah. Like, you're Kraft. not going to get yeah, all of that. You you look, certainly it certainly works are. in the trade machine. No the answer. numbers you also work.
2: You're getting them for
1: just Cam You Johnson. have to make the numbers work. Right. Like, those guys yeah. would have to be included. Yeah, but they wouldn't but be the have, center. No, no, absolutely not. No, definitely not. Like You're going to have to give up a Cam and either probably a DA or a McHale. I don't think you have to give up all three. If you throw in enough picks, but yeah, it would have to be at least two of those three, probably.
2: My lawyer, so says Jay, in the chat says Espo and Lindsay's Beanie for KD, who says no?
0: Me. Hard pass. You can't have you, this. Yeah, game. you don't want
2: to. You don't want to lose me. I know. You should try it for my
0: cold dead hip, No way. way. Yeah, yeah. Aspo's like, like, fine. Aspo can move. No, but Brooklyn. The
2: beanie, but the beanie
3: stays. David. I told you I wasn't lying about a vacation. Like,
0: like <laughs> oh, just, man. Uh,
2: <laughs> I wouldn't trade. I love you, Espo. buddy. What's the, what's the <laughs> biggest hipster spot that we can trade to Brooklyn, for KD, uh, in town? The
0: biggest hipster spot? Yeah, in, in Arizona. The beanie
2: would be at home in Brooklyn. It would. But is Lindsay a hipster? Oh, no, no, I'm,
0: no! I'm saying the biggest hipster, hipster spot
2: vibes. in Arizona. Oh. So Brooklyn's oh, very the
1: hipster. Most hipster thing that's ever been said. I'm not a hipster. I just have hipster vibes.
0: Well, because yeah. the beanie, beanie has become equated. I feel like with you know, hipsters. hipsters. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Lindsay's more grunge. Than you very much. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Lindsay can't figure out what she is. Is the problem? So it's just a rotating cycle. Lindsay's Let me just, try this. Lindsay's comfy. That's what. <laughs>
2: that's Lindsay exactly is. what it is. I just, I just don't, I don't see how the. How you get oh. to where KD but you didn't up here. But you didn't see CP3. Yeah, you can, I, no, I That's said right? I didn't think forty-four million for him made sense at the time, and I was wrong, and I admit that. But this is this is a guy in his prime. That is one of the best players in the world, and I just don't see why. Why Brooklyn, even if he's on, if he's like, "Oh, I'm unhappy," you're not signing Kyrie. Why they would blow it up rather than try to make things better? Because that's KD. what these guys have done. I don't
3: know. Harden's I, done that. Kyrie's done that. KD's done that. Like right. they go to places and they blow shit up, and I then they move it. on to the next if spot. He, if he
1: forces his way out, there's not a lot they can do about it. But he, to your point, he is under contract for four more years and 198 million dollars. So. They have control of him, but like we've seen how often superstar players have effectively been able to force their way out no matter their contract Mm -hmm. situation. So I wouldn't rule it out entirely. I agree with you. I think it's still a long shot at this stage. But the rumblings are there. The groundwork is there. If
3: they don't figure things out with Kyrie... We could see things devolve pretty quickly there. We will have our own goddamn Kevin Durant lounge in our <laughs> in our bar. I don't care if it ever gets used. It's a safe space for you, KD. Just, you just come, a velvet you, can get your, you can get on all I your burner, burner accounts and nobody will ever know. Like You just do what you got to do, <laughs> KD. This is a safe space.
0: Okay, you know what? Like, not to go too far off the rails here, but when you bring up burner accounts, I actually do really like KD on Twitter. I do too. I, I know a lot of people have account. issues with it and because he's, it depends
2: he's a little on the aggressive
0: day. at times. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I I'm I'm all for it. Like if you if you're a superstar, you're one of the people in this league who make it run and tick. By all means, tell us your feelings. I think that's, clap that's, back at fans for being jerks. Like, well, do it. I'm we cool want, with that
2: part. We want athletes to be real, to be mm-hmm. to open up, to show that. And when they do it, they get they get yep. crap for it. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Don't even use burner accounts. Go full like he has. Go full ham yourself. I don't. I want to see that from athletes. Yeah. I, I
3: want honesty. <laughs> I agree too. I wholeheartedly agree. Like, I think obviously athletes are more than just playing. You know, basketball players or, or football players or whatever. Like. I want to know who these guys are and I think that's that's some of the some of the things that like pro sports tries to do is they try to keep the the human element away from you outside of what you see on the court, right. and I think that's just as such a disservice to not only the the player but also the team. Like yeah. people want to buy into other people. You want to know who these guys are and that you would fuck with them in real life. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the appeal. um So yeah, I love when Katie goes on rants.
0: I've always said that that is what I think is the biggest thing that's kind of holding hockey back is they don't invest in like storytelling mm-hmm. around their players enough.
2: Baseball, yeah, baseball. Yeah. too. why why do you think honestly, baseball? Is Think you
0: can get more fans yep. like really involved and engaged in your in your sport if you invested in your players stories more
2: and how I mean how much do we love rivalries in sports right mm-hmm. if guys could actually speak their mind and and openly and stuff came out where they're bantering with about other teams and other guys it just makes things more intriguing i'm all for it by the way i love alex's comment in the chat 86 the johnny venerable chug room at the bar make room for the Kevin durant throne bless johnny's
0: heart (laughs) 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 poor guy all right any final thoughts on the brooklyn drama
1: like I said, don't get too excited just yet, but keep an eye on it. Just yeah, keep it I on the radar. It's too late.
0: Definitely something <laughs> to keep an eye on, and Next if you love drama. The DraftKings Sportsbook app makes (laughs) the drama of NBA playoffs so much more fun and entertaining and and exciting. And what have they done with Lindsay? The (laughs) DraftKings Sportsbook app is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And this week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Also, if you are looking to turn a smaller bet into a bigger payday, during the NBA playoffs, you can do so with same-game parlays. And right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg does not hit. So take advantage of all the offers that the DraftKings Sportsbook app is providing right now. Download the app. Use the promo code PHNX when you sign up. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 Mm, in free bets if they do. That's promo code PHNX. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook.
3: Mm, can me love DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll no. uh, that would kill, I
0: wouldn't be able to talk after that. i would kill again. my voice. <laughs> but I do have to read the disclaimer. No. Twenty-one and older, only Arizona only gambling problem. Call one 800 next. step new customers Next-Step. only minimum five. Not during the disclaimer, deposit. you jerk. Eligibility restrictions <laughs> apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook yes. for details.
3: Have a gambling addiction? <laughs> 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 no, that's not it. Uh, me have cookie addiction. <laughs> <laughs>
2: me want cookie
0: (laughs) um if you missed the cookie monster voice of espo yesterday there were was it yesterday no it was two days ago ago. you gotta look you gotta go listen (laughs) to that um we also had a sexy cookie monster which was a little bit <laughs> yes question. there was cookie no monster, monster.
2: No monster yeah. here yes. for all of you just this don't to this must listen be great on it audio bed, it'll
0: be stuck in your head mm. all night and you'll not be yes. able to sleep.
3: Apparently cookie head. monster is from Italy because he has a <laughs> thick italian accent as well
0: <laughs> it's right. a
2: me i a mario <laughs> i can do that in italian so no, we've no been letters. kind of
0: going down <laughs> the roster talking about performances of different players on this team today we are going to tackle the bench um we did talk about cam johnson yesterday so if you missed that listen to that for cam johnson conversations but outside of that we'll kind of go down a few players off the bench i think we should start with the Mm backcourt you guys are cool with that and more specifically Cam Pink.
3: (laughs) so let me just give you
0: some stats real quick i know this is boring for some of you, but just to kind of set the scene, okay? That's always great
2: in a show. <laughs> hey, Boy, I know there. this is gonna be boring if well, some people sit there. Again, and listen. Some
0: people don't. <laughs> Lindsay, it just is what it Lindsay is.
1: Lindsay just saying this I'll is go fast. I have to read this and it's boring. No,
0: it's not that It's it just gives provides a little bit of context, okay? <laughs> so during the regular season this year, he averaged 22 minutes, 10.8 points, and he shot 40.9% from the field. 33.6 from deep. He had 4.9 assists, 1.8 turnovers, and 3 rebounds, okay? Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, he averaged 13.2 minutes, 4.2 points. He shot 29.7% from the field, 16.7 from deep, and he had 2.1 assists, 1 turnover, and, and 1.5 rebounds. So yeah. there's a pretty significant drop, mm-hmm. obviously, from the regular season to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do we need to have a therapy session around this one?
2: Look, this is campaign in part. We got a guy that way outplayed who he is and what history tells us is campaign. He was on the ropes and almost out of the league for a reason. Do I think he's slightly better than he was in the playoffs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> apparently Siri wants to really weigh in, but look, he's he's slightly better than he was in the playoffs. But I think his ideal position long term on this team is the Aaron Holiday Alfred Payton position where he's that third. Point guard. He's a guy that can come in if you desperately need a change of pace, but you don't have to rely on him. You can ride him if he's hot. You don't have to if he's not. And that's where the Suns got in trouble. They didn't have another option when he just couldn't do anything.
1: Yeah, that really cost them because of the wear and tear that we saw on Chris Paul, Right. the heavy burden that he had to carry in the first round with Booker out and with campaign, you know, turning into Green Day's best album which is dookie. Like, it was bad.
2: Stretch <laughs> You pull a hammy on that one, Jimmy. I thought that was a good one. I'm not going to lie to you. but um <laughs> What would you call him? I called him J-Man. I don't know why. <laughs> that's what I called my I dog. I was J-Man. Like, J-Man. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is J-Man? <laughs> J-Bear? I don't know. Oh, no. J-Bear is better. Not yeah. J-Bear. Um, I literally called him what I called my dog. I'm having some kind of mental break on yeah. this show.
3: Yeah. <laughs> (laughs)
1: I just liked how I was looking at both of you and your eyes both rolled back in your
2: head at the exact same time. I'm used to that reaction. Uh,
1: But no, like, look, campaign couldn't do anything in the playoffs. And it's because Monty pointed this out multiple times throughout the year when he was talking about campaign struggles is that for the first time in his career, he's actually on the scouting report. And last year, he took a lot of people by surprise. And that's an adjustment. And it's one that he has struggled with because – they know he's trying to get downhill. They know he's going to throw up those crafty layups that, you know, nearly touched the rafters, and he wasn't good at finishing those layups and he couldn't shoot from 3 either. He shot 5 for 30 from 3 in the playoffs. 28 of those 33 point attempts were open or wide open according to nba.com. He made 4 of those. Like that's oh awful. God, that Four goes. for 28 on open or wide open threes is really bad. So if you can't shoot and you're not getting to the rim, and when you are getting to the rim, you're missing a ton of layups. Let's actually pull up that clip, Shane, because there. this is just from the first three games. And this is just a collection of easy layups or really difficult ones that are not even close to the rim that we're watching here. He tries to get it over Larry Nance, not even close. This one he blows by Graham. Has an easy layup, misses it anyway. And like it was just this over and over. If you're not scoring easy layups like this that just aren't falling, and if you're not hitting three point shots, and if you're constantly attacking and throwing wild turnovers. Like, it's not going to work out well for you. So he, And
0: only getting 2.1 assists per game. Like yeah. Then then what are you doing?
1: Right. And that was why we, you know, in the playoffs, you see guys minutes dip, but his dip by nine minutes per game. And it's because Monty couldn't trust him out there for longer than like a handful of
3: minutes. Uh, I get I get what you're saying about the scouting report. But at at the same time, like you kind of just you, you didn't you kind of contradicted yourself I guess a little bit but I, but not out of your own doing like not purposeful mm-hmm. like we're talking about wide open shots we're talking about makeable layups mm-hmm. scouting port report be damned like you gotta come through mm-hmm. like you gotta play better right. and like and I understand that like listen coaches know who's on the team and what they're gonna do and what their tendencies are like when they're when, when we're talking about scouting reports like that can only take you so far but good players always find a way around it and campaign we thought based off of last year's performance was going to be able to be that you know that solid backup for for CP3 and he was just so wildly inaccurate all season long i think there was only a stretch of maybe two or three games where it looked like he was starting to put it together mm-hmm. and it's like a common theme with this team Every single time, it looked like somebody was was getting into a groove. Injury, injury, injury. Like, and he missed large stretches of the season as well. So, I I want to bag on campaign a a lot because I feel like, you know, I think there's a common theme between uh, between campaign Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges, and the common theme is the energy that they bring to the court when things are going. At a very high level, Cam Johnson is a fan favorite. So is McHale. Campaign was a similar fan favorite last year, mm-hmm. and the energy that he brought when he was when he was on a roll, what, it took this team to another level. Mm-hmm. But you missed all three of them basically this entire postseason, and that's what I feel like was the biggest miss so far for the Suns.
2: I, There's the old saying: when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Right? I mean. If you look at campaign's career numbers, this season is right where he was career-wise. The bubble in last year were the were outliers. the aberrations, the outliers in it. You look at it and before before joining the Suns, the best he ever shot from 3 was 38%, but he had been in the 30, 31 Uh, You know, 32% range uh, a bunch in his career. uh, Had never shot more than 43% from the field overall, field goal percentage wise, before coming to Phoenix. Like, I don't think he became an ultimate player coming here to Phoenix. I think he, reversed back, he reverted back to the mean. I, I, I
3: understand it's easy to look at stats and say that, but 102 games, we're talking about 102 games from the bubble to the end of last season where – you felt like he made significant progress in his game. And then you could also attribute that to playing for money mm-hmm. and the system and everything kind of just gelling together. Right. And you're like, okay, maybe this guy's in the right role now and he feels confident. He feels comfortable in this system um, and he can thrive. And I think the Suns believe that. And then he goes back to, to what you're saying. But I, I just, I, I don't feel like it's, 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 it's necessarily a case of you got to just believe that he's just a shitty player. I think, I think he could have improved and I think I even these clips as much as we want to bag on campaign like these are makeable plays mm-hmm. these are makeable plays like right. but he didn't he, and he them. didn't come through I understand that <laughs> but it's not it's not for lack of ability or talent is what I'm going to say. Look,
2: anybody that gets picked 15th in the draft has talent. Guys that get picked second in the draft that have immense talent flame out and don't perform well. Just because you have talent doesn't mean that you're capable of accessing it or using it in the right moment all the time. For me, you can't go into next season with campaign as your primary backup to Chris Paul. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up for the same kind of shit we saw this year with it, and you're you're not going to be any better. I just Saw four. ten
3: years worth of draft picks of of players that had no talent get drafted by the Suns in the top uh, fifteen.
1: It's look, it's it's tough with campaign because I I see what both of you are saying because that year last season where he shot forty eight percent from the floor and forty four percent from three, that part felt a little unsustainable. But it did feel like something that he could kind of at least waver in that vicinity. And like, let's be real, heading into this season, a lot of people thought he might be. The potential successor to Chris Paul, not just his backup, but like the guy that you could run at the point if he was able to build on what he did last season. We saw this year smoking
2: their own stash.
1: Yeah, but we saw I was much more hesitant on that than a lot of people. But like we saw this season, that's clearly not the case. And now it's to the point where in a playoff setting, can you still rely on him? And I know that's kind of unfair based on what he did in the conference finals last year when Chris Paul was out, like everyone remembers the Valley U, but they don't remember his 29 point performance in that game that kept them in that game. Oh yeah. Like he was huge during that playoff run kind of disappeared in the finals disappeared entirely for both series this year. I think it is something you have to look at because, you know, we've talked a lot about how nobody on this team is off limits. He makes 6 million next season and then he has a $6.5 million non-guaranteed salary for The following season i think he's a guy that if you're looking to make a trade and upgrade your you know your core seven or eight man rotation he's a guy that you could throw in there as kind of a a salary matcher for sure well my
2: my other question is is his play sustainable the way he does it too because he goes so hard it is very you know speedy violent at times in terms mm -hmm. of the way he throws his body around you wear down after a while playing like that too so
3: well i I get that um but i I mean that's Listen, he's played that way his whole life. Like he's accustomed to that style himself. Mm. Like so, he's he's used to it. I, I will also say, Easy's in the chat talking about Mikhail Bridges and how come we're not criticizing him? Well, we, we literally did. we spent a whole episode on Monday doing that. I know Lindsay just pointed that out as well. So just to give you a heads up, we did bag on Mikael Bridges and we had our thoughts. So and he uh, makes yeah. ninety million, not a hundred million. That's not how much he makes. <laughs> eh, semantics. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a that's a
2: difference. <laughs> I wish I could think t-
0: ten million dollars $10 million
2: $10 million <laughs> is a huge deal <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
0: All right. Um I feel like I mean, let's just Landry Shamit up mm-hmm. next. How are we feeling about Landry? Shamit?
3: I'm proud of Landry and how he played in in the Mavericks series because it was um he was one of the few guys that actually sh- looked like he he was uh contributing mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like his regular season was a tragedy and I thought <laughs> it was just it was just a sh- uh it was a sham. Uh, a mockery, a Traversham a a tra- mockery. Tra- mockery <laughs> it started off
0: so well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so,
3: uh, like, I just. You gotta you gotta get more from him moving forward. Otherwise he's he too might be an expendable piece that you're gonna have to try and get rid of. And if you can get rid of that contract, which I think right now is not a is not a great contract for the Suns. I know ten million dollars is easy to swallow every year. It's four years, 40 million, right? Um, but I just uh you so, gotta get more out of that.
1: Here's the thing with the Landry Shammick contract. That is a very easily movable contract. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't agree because of the length of it. But it's four years, 43 million, the third year is non-guaranteed, and the fourth year is a team option. So it is not as bad as the base numbers would suggest. Um, he is a career 39% shooter, and with as bad as he shot leading up to the All-Star break when he was dealing with that ankle thing, he wound up getting to just under 37% for the season, which is not bad. Um the playoffs, I, I feel like he was one of the few bench contributors who actually tried to give them something. He only shot 35% from three, which is not great, but he defended his ass off. And I, I feel like that kind of flew under the radar a lot of the time. He was really good defensively, which is not something he's been known for in his career. Um, but you're right. He is also a very movable piece if they are looking to trade for a star or package salaries together. Um they just need to wait until july 1st for what's called the poison pill clause in his contract to expire um because right now the money would be different than what his overall salary is once it gets to july 1st it would just be what his salary is um, as far as incoming and outgoing money
2: i think a lot of these trades we're gonna see they may be agreed to in principle but they're gonna have to wait right for the new year year league anyways but uh you know NBA general managers are like that friend we all have that look at uh, look at the person with flaws and go, oh, I can fix them. And Landry <laughs> Shamit seems like the kind of guy that every general manager goes, well, look at the shooting percentage in our system, I, I can, can fix, fix it. him. So I think he's I think he's immensely tradable. But that said. I actually like what he brings to this team as a second unit guy. Now he got thrown into the starting lineup a lot, had to get used more because of injuries and whatnot this year. But if his primary role is three and D off the bench, I'm okay with that. I think he can. Uh, I think he can pull it off. And even though it was an up and down season, there were there were points where you watched him and you went. Now I understand what James Jones saw when he gave him this contract. The the key is like everything else we talk about internal growth. He has to he has to live up to that potential now and do it more consistently.
0: I wouldn't uh, be mad if Landry was on this team next year. No. If, within reason of like what his role is, of yeah. course. I wouldn't be mad at all if he was still on this team. The thing that I think is and this is just pure speculation, right? I think a lot of the things that are holding Landry back from being as good as he can be is his mind. Mm-hmm. I think oh, it's mostly a mental thing, feeling uncertain about maybe his career, maybe his role on the team, just where people think he like opinions, like not from us or outsiders, but like the opinion of his coaches, his teammates on him. I think that plays a lot um into his performance and I think under Within this group of the sons, the coaching staff and the players around him, I think one more year, maybe he finds a little bit of comfort and a little bit of... I don't know, just being more solid in mm, that yeah. like feeling and in that spot. So I would be okay if we gave one more year to Landry.
1: And, and it's easy to forget that like we think of him as more of a kind of veteran guy because he's been on so many different teams in his career. He's only 25 years old. He just turned 25 in mm-hmm. March. Like He's not a finished product. Um, and if we talk about how the Suns need to tweak their system to take more threes, that's another guy that you would like to have coming off your bench because he is a guy that can get up a lot of shots in a hurry. Um, His decision-making needs to be a little bit better shot selection, but I think that was a process of kind of feeling out this more mid-range heavy offense versus what he's used to because to this point in his career, he's primarily just been a guy that flies off screens, runs all over the court and gets up shots. I think that's kind of what the Suns need to transition more to with him especially if they want to get those three-point attempts and up. And
2: he's got sneaky athleticism. What I think you'll see yeah. in year two is more of that fake and drive like Cam does and get some of those dunks as well. Like I liked the aggressiveness at times that we saw. It was it, it didn't seem like he was afraid to go at the rim regardless of who was there. And and I like that that little bit of – I mean it's a little crazy for mm-hmm. for a guard when, when he does that. I like that with a player, that not afraid to, to go in there and test the athletic. Athleticism, so.
0: All right, so this guy wasn't on our list, but I do think we're getting a few comments about him, so we'll just spend a handful of minutes, not too much. Aaron Holiday, we didn't mm-hmm. really get to see a lot of him, but are no. you guys hoping to see more of him in the future, or where do you stand on Aaron?
2: I'd love to see him here if you're going to play him, but if if you're not, hey, like, then hey, move on. Let him get an opportunity that's better suited for him. I mean, it was pretty clear they didn't feel comfortable with him because rather than turning to him when campaign uh proved unplayable in that second series, they decided point book was the better option and that was part of the downfall that we saw in the Mavericks series. So if you're not if you're not gonna buy into him there where you needed him and that's what you traded him traded for him for, I, I don't know why that changes. I
1: yeah. If he's your if he's your Alfred Payton next year, that's fine by me but like he is a restricted free agent his qualifying offer would be 5.8 million dollars um so it kind of just depends on what the market is like for him if another team comes in with an offer you're probably not matching that for your third guard like i would have liked to see more of him um and i think we can all agree that monty did not for whatever reason he got away from him after those first two weeks or whatever it was where holiday looked pretty good. And then he got away from him. He went with Alfred Payton for a couple weeks. And then by the time the playoffs came around, he wasn't playing hardly at all. Um, it would have been nice to see a few more minutes. He wasn't going to save that series either way. But um, yeah, I, I just don't think they're as invested as, in him as, as we were,
3: which is to me, it's a little problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, You had, you basically had the equivalent of zero options coming off the bench. But you chose to try and and work that anyway with Alfred Payton and um, and campaign, and none, neither one of them were producing at 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 a high enough level to to warrant dismissing Aaron Holiday completely, um, and that's what they chose to do. You know, Monty's the one that fucking said before the season started, you can never have enough Alfred Paytons. Uh, uh, yes you fucking can. <laughs> they
2: had like, too many. They, one they is they too many. One was
3: too One's many. Good. You know what I <laughs> mean? Like and they wouldn't even play Aaron. And and the thing that's problematic is that when we did get a chance to see Aaron Holiday, usually in in crunch or uh, in, you know in scrub time, last, last two minutes of the game or whatever, he played good, you know, and, and mm-hmm. spots in the season. He played well. And I kept hearing about well, maybe he just doesn't know the offense to the to the to the level that you need it. I I get that, but at the same time your, your other option was going point book and we saw how that, that ended up hurting the team at the end of the season. Like Booker getting double teamed. Nobody else was stepping up. Jesus, just give holiday a chance. You never know. Sometimes some in sports, sometimes flukes happen. Because you're forced into a situation you can't avoid, and maybe if they play Aaron Holiday in one of these games, he gives them the juice that they need to make a run in like Game 3 or Game 4 in Dallas. Uh, Certainly not Game 7. That shit was not going to be—that didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, But they didn't. They just—they were so hard-headed about it that I just don't understand. Like, he must— not know where the bodies are buried, like other players that get multiple I w- chances. I
0: would of. like to know the why behind yeah. that a little and, bit and more. I, thought, and I don't I, know. Gerald had
3: asked. No. Gerald had asked earlier in the season, like you know why. Aaron Holiday, it was basically, it was the last couple of games of the season when he finally got back on the court in, in exchange for Alfred Payton, um, and, and Monty had said basically that he had made the mistake, he should have played him a lot more,
2: because um, he was giving him a spark, mm-hmm. and then he stopped again! Well, like, I, what the fuck? Well, and the, he didn't know the offense argument, he To be frank, in those last two games against Dallas, they were not running the offense anyway. so true. Monty's
1: Monty's biggest fault, aside from the in-game adjustment stuff that we've talked about, is also what makes him such a likable coach and what makes it so easy to buy into his stuff is his trust and loyalty and faith in his guys. Like, he was trying to – I think he got caught trying to play the long game because – I don't think anyone expected that second round series to go to seven. After the first two games, we were like, this is going to be four or five games tops. Mm -hmm. And I think they got surprised at how Dallas responded on the road. And I think Monty got caught like, this is a long finals run. If I turn my back on campaign now, if I go with Aaron Holiday instead, like campaigns, confidence might be shattered the rest of the way. I might have to stick with Holiday the rest of the way. Like, can we get to the ultimate goal? I think he got pl- caught playing the long game. And the reality that we came to see is Dallas was for real. And they were going to win that series. And they did. And you have got to be able to have those conversations with guys, which we know Monty's capable of doing, and be like, look, you're you're not it right now. We need to go a different direction. He did that with JaVale going to Bismarck for a little bit. And it worked. And that was something that needed to happen with campaign. It was something that we needed to see, at least see Holiday, but I do think there is something there that we just don't understand as far as him not
3: But he went him. away from campaign in, in game five, five, six, and seven. Basically campaign was an afterthought. He never even played again, basically. He played like a couple minutes here and there, but it wasn't as much as he was playing. So that was like the last at that point, it was too late. Like, I mean, anyway, you, won, you, won, you won game five. Mm-hmm. So, so, this is what I'm going to say: is you won game five, convincing fashion. Things midway through the second quarter of game six, it, there's got to be an alarm that goes off in your head: like shit ain't right again. We've mm-hmm. been in this situation twice before in games three and four. We have to make an adjustment. Uh, you know, my you know my my faith in these players be damned, like. Somebody's got to give us some results. As much as I appreciate what everybody brings to the table, somebody's got to out, go out there and, and produce. Right. And nobody was. That's my thing is like nobody was. Like, And so just throw it out there for a couple minutes.
2: You know what I mean? Just a couple minutes. Put some relish I, on your I, hot dog. I get that. But I also get what you're saying, Gerald, that he was playing the long game. And I think that was the problem with the whole team in that series. They just thought – they were gonna win yes that it that it was just going to happen mm-hmm. at some point so you know why mess with too much we're just gonna beat these guys eventually and They just kept being surprised every time Dallas found a way to beat them. So Mm -hmm. I think that was a larger uh, fault than just just Monty looking long term. I think everybody was doing
1: that. It was was the pride before the fall. And I saw someone ask, is campaign's confidence that fragile that, like, if he got benched, he wouldn't be able to come back from it? Kind of. Like, you saw how bad he was playing. Like, if you are playing that bad and your confidence is already shaken at the highest level at the worst time of year, and then you get benched for it, like, there that's hard to come back from when you know playoff games are every other day especially also
3: you you are we are going to be talking about money i know there's some people asking well are we going to talk about money and we will be talking about money tomorrow
2: you're getting all the money you can handle the uh, full money tomorrow
3: the full monty tomorrow oh boy uh
0: all right let's take a quick break i want to remind you guys about uh Our desire for you all to (laughs) stay safe and healthy Uh, this summer. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also now eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. Let's move right along to the front court. We want to start with JaVale McGee.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: So I've got a few stats for JaVale as well. Just... Because I feel like I pulled the stats for Cameron JaVale because I feel like those were kind of like the top two guys within this discussion. Mm -hmm. So during the regular season, he averaged 15.8 minutes, 9.2 points, and 6.7 rebounds in the playoffs. He dropped down to 11.1 minutes, averaged 6.8 points, and 4 rebounds. How do we feel about JaVale McGee and the future with this team?
2: I personally liked what JaVale – brought to the team in spe- specifically during the regular season uh, and the attitude that he brought. I don't put what happened in the playoffs as much on JaVale mm-hmm. as I do on roster construction because JaVale was never a guy that was going to be able to play and drop coverage and do those things. You knew that wasn't really JaVale, uh, JaVale's strong suit. So I think he was brought in because they were looking at well, if we face the Bucks again or if we face that kind of team, right. we need to have that guy mm-hmm. without looking at there's all all these other teams and the way that they play. If you're in a seven game matchup doesn't line up with JaVale and that's not on him. Uh, no. so.
3: I mean, there's there was two teams that the Suns would have had to face to get to the finals and both those teams were horrible matchups. For Javale McGee, yeah. the, the 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 Dallas Mavericks, and then if they would have won that series, the Golden State Warriors, yeah. JaVel would have been damn near unplayable against the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. um, just because they have too many guys that can spread the floor out and, and shoot from the perimeter. So it's, it, it, I like Javel what he brings the, to the team because of the the intangibles, the extracurriculars. Um, Keeping it loose um, doesn't take himself too seriously, but he's intense on the court, Mm -hmm. which I I think I love. I love that balance. It it fits right into the mold of what these guys have had been about. Um, But uh, you do need to have a viable number one option there. And to me, I feel like what probably hurt Javel the most was the fact that he did play. In some games, I thought he played more than he should have because at the end of the day, I had said at the beginning of the season, you were only winning a, a championship if Da was your third bell cow. And there was times where they just decided to play Javel more than the, or almost as much as Da um, because they just liked what he was bringing to the table. And, and I thought at, at, at a certain point that was a little bit to the detriment of Da. But I'm always going to say that because I'm a Da guy. Yeah, I. <laughs> it's tough because he was super
1: efficient in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like he shot 70% overall um, and he was even better in that Pelican series against a more traditional back line. But as soon as we got to the Dallas series, it was pretty evident. Like he couldn't defend against those five out lineups, which to be fair, not a lot of teams can like that gave DA problems. It gave Rudy Gobert, who's like a three time defensive player of the year problems. Um, and we've seen that with Gobert before, but like, JaVale's not going to be that guy on the perimeter. Shane, if we could cue up the clip. This is one play, just one of many, where JaVale's just in drop coverage because that's what you have to do with JaVale McGee. He can't be flying around on the perimeter. He's going to get burned off the dribble, and that was Davis Bertans just coming off a screen. Jay Crowder gets nailed, and McGee is in the paint where he has to be, but like, that's a wide-open three for Bertans. After he had already started that game three for three, I think that was game four, um, and that put the Suns down by like 16 and they they were just never really in it the rest of that game. That's what teams will do to JaVale McGee in the playoffs. So if you are going to bring him back, which he is a, an unrestricted free agent this summer, the Suns can use their non bird rights to re-sign him to a deal starting at $6 million. Like you've got to make sure that you also have that mobile big, like a Bismack, Biyombo coming back so that you can be flexible and change things up when you have to, which again is some, something that Monty needs to improve
2: at play a little thought experiment with me. Mm -hmm. Say you bring JaVale back, Dario's healthy. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's the better rotation? Like, does it, does it work better there? Uh, Because now you can play Dario in those situations where, where JaVale can't play. You can play JaVale. Like to me, it feels like part of that they were looking at if Dario can come back by the playoffs, we have a a perfect kind of rotation for this. Uh, And, didn't really address it because they thought maybe that was a possibility.
1: I think so. I, I think if you have JaVale McGee and Dario Sharich back next year and you're if you don't, you know, package Sharich in a trade for someone else, I think that's a pretty that's a center rotation that gives you a little bit of variety. Like this year, it was mostly rim rolling bigs. Sharich brings a little bit of that perimeter passing, shooting, dribbling, a little bit of everything. Like he's called him and Frank Kaminsky connectors in the way that they move the ball when they catch it at the top of the key. R-I-P that's something, Frank. <laughs> R.I.P. Frank and Kaminsky Cove. <laughs> Those are things that the Suns offense needs and the defense, more importantly, you need that switchability. Um, and JaVale McGee is just a guy that, in drop coverage he's gonna get they're gonna go at him every time.
0: All right, Bismack Biombo. How are we feeling about Bismack?
1: I love Biz. He's a mm-hmm. he's a guy that you can throw out there for a handful of minutes, he'll make an impact, but he's clearly flawed and he's best as a third string big at this point, on a contender at least. And, uh,
2: and I think he accepts that too, yeah. which I like about him. Right. You know, he's not a guy that's gonna make waves because he's not right. getting minutes. He's a guy that'll come in and will hustle his ass off when he when he gets to play and you paid him next to nothing. And oh, he donated all that money to build a hospital. I can't I can't bag on the dude. There was nothing that he did that you could look at and you go, well, he crapped the bed. No, he mm-hmm. came in and did what they asked and more at times. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with, it, with Biz Mac and what he did this year. Exactly what I was supposed to say. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much to add. But, uh, I mean, anyway.
0: Dagoon in the chat said, we got what we expected with Biz and that's okay. Yeah,
3: yeah, a million percent.
0: I mean, you can't be mad at that at all.
3: Love that guy. I don't think I've
1: ever been in a media scrum as impactful as the one that he gave give when he told us about why he was building the hospital and his background in that regard. Like, just a stand-up dude. If you can get him back on a free agent minimum deal that'd be great but you know like he he, he gave them everything that he could and the expectations
2: weren't high. And I think he passed them. Mm-hmm. And he's down to fight a guy in the tunnel. And I'm like okay with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was funny. His that little press conference like, the next oh day. My he God. was throwing little jokes around. <laughs> <laughs> he's so precious. All right. We're going to wrap things up with Tori Craig. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like this one yeah. has a lot of people feeling some type of way. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we saw Tori last year. We got him back this year. Not what I think a lot of people expected from him as far as the way he was able to perform once he rejoined this team.
3: Well, I mean, you can see people are asking, do you think Sticks will return? First of all, no. No. Uh, Mm -hmm. Second of all, um, listen, the the trade happened because they were looking for some juice. They couldn't pull the trigger on something that was more lucrative for whatever reason. Um, So they decided to go back with what they knew. And then add Aaron Holiday as well. And that just didn't pan out. And you didn't get the same magic from Torrey. But it's hard for me to bag on Torrey when the rest of the team also did not do what they did last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think that needs to be taken into consideration. Like Torrey didn't play at 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 a high enough level, but neither did Mikhail. Neither did Cam, neither did CP3, neither did Da. Like it's it's just so easy to just point out one guy. Um, and in this instance, as a role player who is reliant on everybody else to kind of get him into positions where um, he can create or or score, um, it, it just it wasn't a, a good mix um, for him this season. And um, so yeah, I like Tori. I think he's a I think he's a good dude. I think uh, you know he's Hell been on our team. show. Great mm-hmm. interview. Um, but. To be honest with you if they moved on from him or they traded him like it's not it's not going to move the earth yeah
2: I, the chat, the Sticks kids are back. Like, come on, let's not act like they traded this all-world player to get Tory Craig. No,
0: like, but I not, do understand, like, the idea behind it, right? Like, you...
1: If you're upset about that transaction, be upset that Jalen Smith was the 10th pick. Don't yeah. be upset that he Don't was traded for Tory Thank Craig. You. That Especially makes when, no you, sense.
3: when you see all the guys that ended up, they ended up passing on, that a lot of us were clamoring for, Tyrese Halliburton, mm-hmm. Desmond Bain, who are killing it right now, Yep. there you and, go
2: and they had already they had already made their bed when it came to JaVale McGee or excuse me not JaVale McGee uh, when it came to Sticks, they had decided they weren't picking up His option. So it was done. They got something for him before he walked for absolutely nothing. That's that's what it is. So look, I wish Tori had played better because he was such a fun part of of the previous year, but nobody did. Like I I I don't know how to to gauge it. And it's not like he's making that much money. What is it, five million? Five million. Like so that's the kind of guy you go okay. If he's part of a trade because it helps make finances work, great. If he's here and he's part of of your the back end of your bench, it's the kind of guy you need on a roster at a, at a low salary. You know, I I would have loved to see him play better, but I don't have a problem with Tory Craig and. and what he did. He wasn't ever going to be the savior of this team.
1: Right. It was unfortunate that it seemed like his approach became more perimeter oriented this time around than yeah. last time yeah. he was a really smart cutter last season. And especially in the playoffs, like he was the guy that, okay, you're worried about Devin Booker. You're worried about Chris Paul. You're worried about DA rolling. Oh shoot. There's a Tory Craig cut that like nobody was paying attention to. He was really good at that. And this year we didn't see as much of that he was pulled i think midway through the pelican series like we we do want to talk about how Monty has his faith in his guys tory craig wasn't one of those guys this year because he was just getting torched by brandon ingram um so it, it's one of those things where you were hoping for more of an impact like the first time he came here midseason. but you can't you know you can't be too mad about this when literally everything else was falling to shit as well
3: I, I will say this: like uh, there's a lot of people saying, "Well, he sh- he played so much better at Indy when he got some run." Well, of course, he got some talking run
0: about Jalen. Yeah, yeah,
3: Jalen, Jalen. I'm um, sorry, yeah, Jalen got some run and he actually produced. Well, yeah, he got some run because well, yeah, Indy's a shitty team. A that's league. why he. That's yeah, why. We- that's why he got some run. Like he wasn't going to get that kind of run with the Suns. Like
2: do people not remember Alfred Payton had some triple doubles with the Suns. <laughs> right? His first run here when they were dog trash and everybody's like, maybe he could be the point guard of the future no it's like
0: somebody's got a score on a bad team that's right. what happens I think it's buck dog said can we be upset at both to yes, you Gerald guess. you're you're kind of comments around like don't be mad about the trade be mad about the fact that he was the 10th pick in the first yeah. place I think it's just a culmination of frustration around the mismanagement of that entire situation wow. is which how is, everyone's kind of feeling right now and where you direct your anger can which vary is from there but day. it's
1: one of those things that turned out to not be the right decision after the fact but all the evidence they had through the first two years of his career was this is not a guy worth the money that we're going to pay like we don't Sticks was not good the first two years. He showed virtually nothing. And when he did show something on this Suns team, it was because they literally had no other options at center and he was in a contract year. So we should bear that in mind. I'm not trying to dump all over Sticks right now. Like I think that in Indiana, he'll get a chance at more minutes and that will give him an opportunity to grow. Phoenix, as a Title contender. His first two years in the league was not the right environment for a player who needed developmental minutes. Like he needs to be able to f- have his failures, trial by fire on a bad team. That's what he needed. The Suns needed to take a more NBA ready player. And if they had, if they had taken Tyrese Halliburton or Tyrese Maxey or any of those guys, we wouldn't be as worried about the Chris Paul situation as we are right now. Also, can we can we can we,
3: can we also <laughs> mention can we also mention the fact that Sticks got drafted at a time when they cut the Naz Suns. Mm-hmm. Like so there was no development program, so right. he had nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. He couldn't go to the G League and improve. No. He had to stay here and work through it. The The fortunate thing for for Mikhail, and you could even make the argument for Cam as well um, that the first two years that they were in a son's uniform. Um, this team was trash. They were not very good and they had to learn all together. And then they got guys like Ricky Rubio and, and, and CP3 to help a little bit with that and, and it helps them develop. But uh, Sticks was already, he, he already had like one foot in the grave before he even started because they didn't have. Listen, I, I will say this. I don't feel like the Suns development program um, has really shown a lot. I think we we saw we thought we saw glimpses in the bubble when they kind of recovered and went eight and zero and then last year CP three comes in and you think oh okay I think this year it kind of showed you like okay like talent development where are we at on this I feel like they kind of stayed like the same team and everybody else adjusted to them this season and I, and when you look at a guy like Jalen Smith getting traded he's kind of a, a, a kind of an example of that because yeah. he did show flashes this year you know yeah, he, he he had he flashes. had a couple really good games but. But that's the consistent. that's the
1: unfortunate part about having to decide on a player's next year option before the current season. Mm-hmm. Like that's always struck me as weird. You have to decide if you want this guy for his fourth year before his third year starts. Like that has never made cool. sense to me. And that's what came back to bit them, but, to bite them.
2: But Saul makes a great point. If if you have I mean, they were not committed to development of of draft picks. When you cut the NAZ Suns, you know, they they talked about how it was so important to to start looking at how to win now. Like, that's not an environment for for a guy that is raw. And people – I mean, I remember draft night. I think we were talking back in the old days. Saw the Casey Jacobson. He was talking about this kid's raw. You're going to see a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, great highlight dunks from his time in college. But he's he's a raw player. And if you you draft a guy knowing that, and you bring him in an environment that has no ability to facilitate that kind of growth, that's that's on management for making mm-hmm. that pick. Like you said, and- not picking. A better nba ready player
1: and no summer league for him to develop yeah, yeah. and no um no set position they drafted him thinking he'd be a four that could play next to deandre Ayton and he was pretty we're not going to get into this again but he was best as a five and that was a Way mismanaged I think on we can part. all
0: agree it was just a mess. Yes. Let's just call it that and say, move right on along because we I, don't need another yeah, I one will, of these. I will
3: use one <laughs> little stat. He did shoot 39% from three with the Pacers, so maybe he was a four. He's not a four. <laughs> he was a four. Yeah. It's it's not a four. Okay. Four.
0: <laughs> we don't have to argue about sticks because it doesn't matter anymore. No. It doesn't matter Nothing anymore. matters it's right okay. now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Any final thoughts on the Suns bench and kind of just where you think The future might be for them. Lots
2: of changes. I think there's lots of changes coming
1: to the Suns bench. Yep. I would hope so because I, I think we've seen the last two years, the three by five index card approach doesn't work. Having a lot of depth doesn't work if you don't have seven or eight guys you can rely on come playoff time.
0: All right, we're going to no
1: depth.
3: Fix That's it. What they need.
0: We're going to round out the show with a little bit of a ad read roulette.
3: Oh, let's spin that no. beautiful wheel. No. I hope I don't get picked, man, because I really have I to go pee. I'm
0: not prepared. Let's see who it is. You let's know, go here's the the thing. Lindsay. I it? had a feeling this would happen because I feel like y'all rigged it so I didn't get it the first no. two days I came back to <laughs> give me a little bit of grace for there's, actually having to get back into the slinging thing there's no things.
3: rigging of the roulette reel
2: let's like find laws. out what she's don't gonna mind. have to do the ad read as I appreciate as. it <gasps> spin it here we go round and round we go where it stops nobody knows you have to do a Victorian accent
0: <laughs> <laughs> she just did one earlier does. so that's okay <laughs> Oh, Victorian accent! Can somebody just like just say think, it real quick? Say something Victorian book. real quick. Think, but just say something real quick so I can get it in my head. As well, I know you have a Victorian thing.
2: I don't Victorian Victoria, Victorian. Didn't you thing? do one earlier? You know, thing of it, what Victorian? did
0: you say? <laughs> Where's Shane? When here you here we mean? go.
3: See, this is why I said you should pick your own voices.
0: <laughs> <sighs>
2: have... Me want to hear Lindsay do oh Victorian. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know this is going to be so bad
3: Oh, I None did a southern accent I did a wind, uh, weather well, guy accent I
0: need to hear it in order to be able to accent. do it How do Victorian people speak?
3: They
1: sound very high and mighty high uh, Say things like well, perchance Oh or-
0: I don't think it's going to work. Um, Well, let me just tell you guys about this wonderful, (laughs) delightful company that I have once, uh, that I've stumbled upon, who is a sponsor of this show that we all love very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, What you need to do is stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch made THC. Gummies from our friends at OG. Yeah, yeah. They have different flavors like blackberries and cream and watermelon. Of all things, watermelon. Do you can you imagine? Boy do you mellons. Mellons. Uh it's perfect if you're in the mood for an uplifting sativa or a chill indica. Whichever you prefer you can get at OG. So if you are interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's brand has yes. to offer. Go to ogsbrands.com, that's O-G-E-E-Z, friends.com to find an OG's near you. Hooray. that was that's great. That's honestly, was that was, I bad. think that, that was, was the best impression we've had so far. <laughs> that was spot on. That, everybody's talking about Downtown whole, Abbey right yeah. now. The whole downtown. time I had to have my hand downtown. like the movement. Downtown.
2: downtown Abbey. <laughs> I've it? never seen you it. It's a Downtown Abbey. That's what it is, it's right? Downtown. Downton. Oh,
1: I've oh. never seen that. Buck dog has an English guy that's obsessed
0: with me. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, I'm sorry, Buckdog. I'm sorry right, um. <laughs> <laughs> well I did the best that I could so hopefully I lived up to <laughs> all those expectations nicely done, nicely done. To thank Games, you too. all for tuning in we appreciate you as always we will be back tomorrow at 2pm so plan to come hang out with us again um, I believe we are going to be talking all things Monty tomorrow mm-hmm. a couple extras in there as well so A lot of you in the chat asked for it. So come back tomorrow so that you can receive what you'd like to have. Don't forget to check out gophnx.com. Consider becoming a member today. Gerald is still writing great articles over there. There's content for all the teams in the Valley. Um, So, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at <laughs> Saul underscore.
3: according to Chris.
0: What does that even mean?
3: Oh, that means that you had, no, you didn't have to clear a high hurdle to be the best yeah. Yeah, oh, impression. Oh, I see, <laughs> I see.
0: <laughs> um, you can follow Gerald at Gerald Bargay and of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home.
2: Remember, we're all sticks kids. Hey, yo, just a varying degrees. Retro, Ahoy, me hoy. Megas control the knee, never gonna
3: let go. B-H and X. Though. Lindsay lindsey gerald espo saw past the ball we hit to turn up the tempo got to understand me y'all always wreck the family rally in the valley like dan g no plan b always on the job my team move like the mob turn the beat on i throw it down like d.a on the lot. best combos